Welcome to the Volley Pod, where we're all about coaching kids volleyball. With drills, skills, and scenarios, we keep things fast, fun, and effective. Presented by the Art of Coaching Volleyball, the Volley Pod is your new source for coaching information. Good morning, and welcome to the Volley Pod. How are you today, Todd? Davis, everything is uh, going well here. How's the family? What's the latest? Doing great, doing great. Took Charlie away from the mom, not in that way, but <laughs> literally just about five minutes away from the mom for oh. the first time in her life, in the baby's oh. life. And uh, the mom got to get some rest. The mom's name is Emily, my wonderful wife. Um, for the first time, and it was a little traumatic for uh, Emily. A little, <laughs> a little traumatic for Emily. Yeah. Char- how was, Char- Charlie, Char- was Charlie? Charlie was Charlie. Charlie was okay. Okay. <laughs> But uh, no, it was just, you know, she's doing wonderful and every day is a new little thing. I can't say that it's all easy. I do love her dearly, but it is a challenge. Oh, um, yeah. They're just... But I love it, you know, and I love her dearly. So it's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So all right. Well, we it. have uh, we're presented here by the Art of Coaching Volleyball and uh, uh you ready to get going today? Ready to get going. So you're on the skill of the day. So okay. what do we got going the skill today? Skill today. We are talking about the one set. Oh, quick set. Okay. So this is one that, uh, you know, there are times when I teach it and times when we, you know, I'm a big fan of a slower middle attack right, right now. We're in a, we've been in a phase the last couple of years in our, my high school program where we're teaching the one, uh, to our varsity team. And I guess the, uh, the first thing I want to do is provide some context. Like, okay. Hey, when do you teach the one? Because I see some kids, uh, practicing this set and it's, it's never bad to experiment. Right. Uh, but when is it time, uh, to teach the one? Right. And so that's the first thing. And for me, okay. the time to teach it is when your team can begin to pass free balls to target consistently. Okay. If they can't do that, then you're going to be wasting a lot of time. Right. And so it's not really worth it. When you get to the point where you can pass, consistently, pretty consistently a free ball. And it's like, okay, well, hey, now we can start putting some some pressure on the other team with some speed. Okay. Uh, you know, and that's the why, you know, it's hey, we can occupy that that opponent's middle blocker with time pressure. And we can create speed opportunities for attackers that might not have a lot of heat. And that's where I am right now because if I have middles who have big arms and hit the ball real hard, I probably don't want to go real fast. And I don't want this, you know, uh, zero tempo or kind of fast tempo one set because I don't want to be limited to having to pass the ball so well. Right. Uh, right. So, or to have a setter who's just unbelievably dynamic and can feed this, you know, monster in a bunch of different places. Okay. So uh, that is why we do it. Uh, and then the, the why we shouldn't, like I said, if we have a, a, a attacker with a great arm, then I don't want to necessarily go super fast. I want to slow things down so I can set her when we pass 12 feet off the net. Right, right. Great point. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the how. Okay. And I have a little routine now, and I want to go through that a little yeah. bit. And it starts with setter contact. Okay. And I watch setters, you know, set ones. 
And hey, I'm a beach guy, although I was a bump setter because I was kind of in that generation. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not a fan of the deep dish setting the one. So yes. for me, uh, I don't want it to be setter dependent on them holding onto the ball. So I want the ball coming out of the setter's hands quickly. So I want a firm touch with the setter. So it starts with that. It starts with a firm touch with the setter and then set height. I like having a setter uh, putting a little line on the wall or something on the wall and telling the setter, hey, throw the ball up to yourself and set it to that line. And ah, you can do okay. that on your own and you can do, you know, you know, do 50 before practice. Um, when you've got 50 and it doesn't take you very long, now it's time for you. Yep, you're ready to set a one. Right. Um, okay. So as long as your setter can do that and your kids can, uh, you know, pass some free balls to target, you're ready to go. Okay. Okay. Like uh, so it starts with setter contact, set height, set location. Uh, we try to give them simple rules. If the setter's on the net, you set off. If you're on the net, you set straight. And straight, we define straight is straight is to the location of your four set or go set. So if you're setting that, let's say three or four feet off the net, whatever your location is, is you're going to be facing there. So if I'm five feet off the net and I'm setting a one for me, it's probably going to be four feet off the net because I'm going to be squared to my four location. I like that. I'm not triangulating to set it on the net though. And a lot of people right. triangulate to set it on the net and go, oh, well, you're going to accept more of a 31 there. And remember we had Josh on the show and yep. he talked about that mm -hmm. a little bit. I don't do that. It's like, Hey, I want it next to the setter, but it's going to be now the it's the hitter's responsibility as far as spacing. So, okay. uh, for our set location, once again, on set off, off set straight. Uh, and we usually like it, you know, it's two feet off the net or so, you know, that 24 inches. Uh, and we want the set to be vertical. Uh, we don't want really to push it out. So if they miss it and it lands, it lands close to the setter off the net, libero can cover and just bump it over. I love it. Uh, yeah. So that's how we can tell if it misses, does it miss because the ball is landing, you know, too far to the left because they're pushing it. And we say, hey, it's not a horizontal set. It's a vertical set. It like stays that. in the hitting zone longer when it's vertical. So, that. Uh, okay. and now from there, we get into, you know, hitter responsibilities as far as approach. Uh, and we want that left step behind the 10 foot line, okay. uh, keep them off the net. And then can they change the size of their last two steps, which was the okay. something in pop. What, what was I, I forget what you you taught me that last time. The last two steps, we said step oh, close and you drive, said drive, drive and pop. pop. Yes. So I would say, hey, the drive and pop, the size of those that drive and pop have to change depending on how far the ball is passed off the net. Okay. I like that. Okay. Because uh, cool. we want them off the net. Uh, and then we get into timing and in general, we say, Hey, let the ball get to you and then chase it to the setter. I like that. And so, uh, and then we want, as the ball goes up from the setters hands, the hitter is going up. 
ball goes up, hitter going up. And okay. then if we see the, the video, uh, hey, ball's going up, you're not going up, right. you're not there. Uh, John Dunning has a great cue he gave me, and he said to make the opponent's middles commit, for it to be fast enough, your middle's arms have to be at least waist high on their jump. So as they're pulling their arms up to hit, you know, we would always say, oh, balls in the center's hands, have your arm, you know, back ready. Right. Ideally, that's right. But he said, hey, as long as they're waist high or above, that middle will still have to commit. Okay. If they're down facing the ground and they're, they're not parallel to the floor, they're perpendicular to the floor, or they're back behind the attacker, then the middle won't have to commit and they can read block your set. Interesting. I like that one. So that's what we okay. tell our hitters when we video them and, and we uh, uh, see them there. Then the next one is what we talked about before with you talking about timing, and that is we like this jump and swing and swing on the way up on yes. their jump, which is very foreign for a lot of our attackers. Uh, they want to wait and see the set. And I'm saying, nope, you trust the setter and you just jump and swing. Yeah. And if the ball's not there, it's the setter's fault. And you'll get, you'll get a bunch of these paintbrush kills. You'll get a bunch of missing I love, kills. I love those yeah, kills. Those yeah, yeah, into the, yeah, uh, marshmallow right into the, right right into into the, the campfire. campfire in the middle of the court. Nobody's there. If I could teach that, be a better teaching that one, it's a great one. That's a great one. Really cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then as far as, you know, teaching it, we start with some tossing. But that differential uh, training, and we like the toss to be uh, medium, like the perfect toss, kind of antenna high free ball, medium. And then we talk about, hey, this is what happens when it's a low toss. You got to turn on the after afterburner and get there. Okay. And then on a high toss, you got to you got to wait till the ball is on its way down to start your approach. So uh, that differential training, yes. hey, perfect to low to high, all on tosses. Right. So they don't have, so at least they get a feel for that variability, yes. but they know. Uh, and then once they understand that, then we can come off a pass and we can start with passes from area one. So it's in front of them. So they're kind of looking at that. And then we take it behind them in area five where they have to track it kind of back over their shoulder. It's a little different skill. And then okay. self-pass okay. uh, from three, which is something. And then after that, transition. Okay. And there's all kinds. Of, you can transition from the right, which is a little easier than transitioning from the middle. From the left is the toughest. And we talk about those four steps off, three steps back uh, in transition. And then finally, here's my little secret. I think I might have mentioned this you to told you. Me this I like this it. is my uh, uh, we differentiate. Uh, we say, hey, if we want to go fast, the fastest place to attack is to run a straight line direct to area five. So we want to bury that ball to five. So it's coming out of the setter's hands. And if we swing fast and the ball isn't in the air, we buried Annecy, our, our middle last year. I mean, she would bury ball. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yes. she oh, would, yes. the ball would be barely out of the setter's hand. Our setter would be like, oh, she almost hit my hand. She swung <laughs> so fast. Uh, and so she would just bury it there with her hand. So that's the fastest one. But what if we want to go to area one and we want to, you know, there's a, you know, huge, you know, we're playing these left siders, you, you know, 
last week and there are these big kids who are in bunch and we don't want to hit into them so what if we want to hit to one so we call that set a little different than a one we call that a yes and we push it out about you know eight to ten inches so then it becomes a slightly horizontal set and we predetermine our swing to area one I like that. so if the if our hitter is calling yes yes uh it's going to one if we call one one it's going hopefully people aren't scouting us and picking that up but if you hear <laughs> hopefully, yes hopefully no one up. listens to this <laughs> no but that's awesome I, this so many great ideas i have two quick things a what about top spin do you care about it do you try to get them to hit top spin or do you try to get them to hit more of a flatter ball the middles uh swing fast swing fast whether you get topspin or not swing fast okay that's kind of what i say too swing fast and i think at that point i mean some kids have natural topspin some don't and annecy never did you know i mean we were working with her for her whole career trying to hit a ball and and we finally got her a little better um but i don't think that is i i think for a pin attacker sitting out of system it's huge for me that shape and spin uh for the middle it's nice if they have it i think but if they don't we don't spend a lot of time on it i think you know getting the timing and getting this, the space and time is yeah. more important but it, i think it's a great great point yeah and and i think there's more times in the middle where you're running by the block versus having to hit above the blocker yep so I, that was one question i had and then i have two quick things that i'll give our listeners for developing what i call what you were just talking about, about the quicker touch on the quick, like I call it the tap touch. I don't know. What do you call it? I just say, Hey, yeah, get it out of your hands. Get it out of your hands yep, quick. Get yeah. it out of your hands. I like that tap touch as a name. So yeah. it's good. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And the one thing that I've done with just a little bit of success is have the setter um, do a double ax handle as the set. So tomahawk. it's a, a tomahawk. So it's like a full rebound action. Because that's the point of the tap touch, right? Is so that there's no timing issues within the hands, right? It yep. It operates as a full rebound. So I've had them just do a little double axe handle. Interesting. And, and I like has, so. I like experiment. That's yeah. interesting stuff. I like it. And then the final quick one is just not even hitting off of a setter, hitting the pass. Have, have you ever done that one? You know, I think I did like that, that some years ago, but then I, I, I think I had some hitters that were leaving too early for too early. it. And yeah. then that, that, then they start slowing down there. I'm actually dealing with that with one of our hitters right now. Okay. We were honored to get there, get there. And now she's getting there too early. Okay. And then she's slowing down at the end and jumping the jump changes. And so uh, I guess that's what I was going to talk about too. I think a lot of coaches, they say, you're too late, get up early. Yep. And so the hitters will go in earlier, but I really loved what you say about letting the ball go and then them catching up yep. to it. And my buddy's got a great little analogy. It's like the, there's a, your dog is being chased by a wolf and your door is about to close and you need to save the dog, but not the wolf. <laughs> right? And so you got to arrive just in the nick of time. So, oh, see, I like that. That's, that's my buddy, Sean Thomas. That's All right. One, so. All right. Sean comes in. Coming in, coming in clutch. So right on. Anything else on cool. that quick? No, that's it. That's the way we do it. And we're, uh, we're, it's a work in progress. It takes, takes time. Well, I'll tell you what we, you and I got together last year. I, I, I asked you to come in and work with our quick because we weren't having a ton of success with it. And I applied some of these things and we had immediate progress. Well, and the, the, I'll, I'll say one more thing, and that is that we don't have a setter time it. 
Right. So right. it's, hey, you tap touch every time. Right. And if if things are wonky and it doesn't feel right, then don't set it. Yes. Um, but if you hear, if you feel like the, and that's why communicate, the one thing we didn't mention, I probably should, is our communication. And our communication, we want to be very consistent. And that is you're calling your set when you leave and when you jump. I like that one Okay, too. so there's yeah. like this one, 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 and they, they start to get, a, there's a rhythm to it. And so uh, the rhythm is for both the setter and the hitter. And when the rhythm is off, setter, hey, don't set it. The, the rhythm wasn't there, so don't set it. I love it. I love it. Really cool. Excellent, excellent stuff. Hopefully people use this because it'll it'll help them get better. At running All right. How about scenario today? What do you have for us? So the scenario, I know a lot of the coaches we talk to on here are already coaching, but I do think there are a lot of coaches that are picking up our stuff for the first time that are new coaches. And so I wanted to talk today about when you're a new coach. New coach, you're stepping in as a new coach. You have never, never coached, never coached, and not necessarily this team, but basically never coached. Period. Right. Okay. So I'm taking my very first team. Here's my top ten tips for new coaches. So the scenario: you're, you know, middle school teacher, and they say, "Oh, we forgot to tell you when you signed your contract, you're coaching volleyball too." <laughs> <laughs> right. Or, or, oh, your daughter's on the team. Would you like to coach? We got a really good sort of top 15 team in the county this year, and um, right. we don't have a coach. There's, so. Or there's nobody here. Your coach just quit. Nobody's there. They don't have a coach. I don't know if we're going to have a team. Right. And so this happens all the time. So I wanted to give coaches 10 things I wish I knew when I was starting out. And um, I think these are All right. Where valuable. do you start? So the first thing, I'm going to start with pace. Keep the ball in play. Have very little dead time. Practice time is precious. Okay. There are so many practices that I watch that the coach is just talking and the kids aren't playing. Pace is not only how quickly the ball is put into play, but it's also the play, uh, the pace of how quickly you transition between drills to water break, um, how, how often, how much of the practice you use, right? So we want a fast paced practice. And this has been one of my simple secrets to success. Like I'm not that great of a coach, but my kids will play more volleyball in practice than your kids is not really, but that's sort of the, the right. Idea that no, I, like I mean, Hey, have. you have a, Hey, it's a, you know, bedrock philosophy. Hey, keep but, the ball in play, keep kids moving and playing. Right. Absolutely. So that's one pace. Number two, have a focus. Okay. So, and, and preload it into whatever you're doing. So if you're just playing volleyball, I say quotes uh, just in quotes because, I mean, there's a lot that could be going on. But if you're just playing volleyball with no focus, you're probably going to get better, but you're going to get better very slowly. And you're also not going to be necessary. It'll be very random on what you get better at. And it may not be with any sort of predictability. So have a focus and let the kids know about it. So um, give, me an ex give me an example of that. So we're going to play a volleyball game, just a normal volleyball game to 15, but we're going to focus on passing. So every time you pass, I'm going to give you a little bit of feedback of, on your passing once the play's done. Okay. Or maybe you even score it. We've been or, doing or, stuff or now where, yeah. hey, we're going to play – instead of playing to 15, we're going to play to 30, and we're just going to – we're going to score the serve pass. Did the server's team yeah. get a point? 
or did the passers team get a point? Absolutely. And so, and that's all the feedback is going to be on that first contact. Yep. And we did a great pod on feedback and there's all these ways to do it, but just, just even having a focus, like just exactly. say, just say, Hey, we're, we're focused on passing today. And you can just ask them how to go. Yep. You know, so I love it. So that's just something. Um, next quick feedback. Okay. My feedback has gotten so much faster over my years and, um, I'm, I used to run my mouth and that's why I have this podcast now. So I don't have to do it, <laughs> do it during my practice. Yeah, you know? I get, I get all your running mouth. That's yeah. good. I like it. Exactly. I like it. So, I appreciate it, Davis. Yeah. Your, your players might not, but yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> so you give it to the right people. So yeah, keep the, uh, the feedback quick and it should be only on controllables. And this, I put this in the same one, but this could probably be its own one. I see so much complaining about stuff and it, it's often stuff that they can't even control. So give them something to control and then talk to them about it really quickly. Get in, get out. Four, shagger organization. Okay. If you're doing the one big circle, you are not doing it right. Okay. So no long lines, period. If you have a long line, you're doing it wrong. And there have been situations where I've had 30 kids on one court and we did not have a long line. Right. And there's ways to do it. And so organize uh, your court and organize your shaggers, too, so that your shaggers are involved. You don't have half the team shagging. Maybe you have a third of the team shagging or whatever the right number is for your for your group. But then everyone else has an activity. So that's something. Five, encourage positive behaviors. If you don't know how to teach the skills, it doesn't even matter. If they get a good one, say awesome job yeah. and get pumped up. And then guess what? You're coaching and that kid is getting better and they'll get more of those just by you saying great job. Yeah, thanks. I love it. Simple stuff, right? Oh, this is an awesome one too. If you're just getting into coaching, coach pursuit and good tries. Okay, Great try is an awesome feedback. It's an awesome piece of feedback. Great try way to get your arm back is even better. But if you're only saying good job when they're making good plays, you're missing out on a good opportunity. Um, and then coach pursuit. So you may not know all the ins and outs of the technique, but you can sure tell when someone's going for the ball. High effort. High effort, high communication. Yep. We start there. Yep, all that good stuff. Do not drill and kill. I really think this is a mistake. I think a lot of times young coaches get in there and they want to coach, quote unquote, and they think this is what coaching is, and they want to run drills. And I, I can't tell you. I, I just, I mean, I know there, I know that I'm on one side of the pendulum, but I really think if you're new to the game as a coach, mix in some drills, but don't drill and kill, right? Play some games, get a feel for your team. Eight, don't. I'm sorry, eight is play volleyball for most of your practice. Like you could not run great drills as long as you're playing volleyball and encouraging them. You're well, gonna and that might, it might not always be the six on six volleyball exactly. too, especially if you have yes. a developmental team. Right. So you're playing, but hey, you're playing a bunch of breakdown, small sided games or you're doing yeah. something, but hey, you have a bunch of balls in play and people are getting a bunch of opportunities to read and contact the ball in game like situations. Yep, absolutely. And that goes right into the next one. Don't just play volleyball, play with the focus and or rules. So one of the easy ones is it doesn't count unless you get three contacts. Or I know you don't like that one, but it uh, doesn't count if it's uh, if you don't call the ball. Something like that. Like, that so, I, the communication one I love. Yep, yeah. stuff like that. I'm a huge two contact 
guy too, especially with yeah. developing teams. Well, and and it's like you can let them play volleyball, and again, they'll get better, but they'll get better slowly. But if you just give them a focus and maybe one rule to attend to, like you got to get back to the net if you're the blocker or whatever it is, they're going to get better faster. And then finally, and I don't know who said this, but this is a great quote, run your practice, don't run your mouth. Right. Um, <laughs> I came to realize I like that, one. that almost nothing I say is more important than what they can learn by just doing the thing. Right. I, I used to think I got all this wisdom. <laughs> and now 30 years later, I'm laughing at the wisdom I thought I had. And I probably will think the same thing in a few more years too so i think just have them play run your practice don't run your mouth so i hope those are some helpful tips i think for anyone flashing back to those can sometimes be a good reminder yeah so that's the scenario when you're a new coach i like it i'll so, throw one more in with you sure. and that is we've talked about this before on the pod and that is keep the system simple Oh, I love that one too. Yeah. That's a good you one. You got to keep the system simple. And I think a lot of people come in with trying to say, oh, this is the system that I know. And it's a complex system that they had in college or something, but it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, doesn't work. It's, you got to spend all this time. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my, that's my 10. So what do we got for okay. the videos? Videos. We have three great ones. And uh, I, it's funny. A lot of them, I, I use the same bunch of the same guys I really love. You know, and the first one is a quick hitter from Jim Stone. Okay. Uh, and he just has great video of middle attacker hitting the ball, zero tempo, right out of the setter's hands, slow-mo, uh, you know, three minutes. So you can, it's easy to show your players this is what it looks like. You know, this is the model to copy. So they see it. Uh, second one is Kerry McDonald, a, a guy that I, I met who is a, uh, a Canadian coach who works with both their national teams as their kind of coaching consultant for the men's and women's national team in Canada. <laughs> and he was a college coach up there. And he has uh, common middle attack issues and remedies. Ah, that's a good one. That and sounds like so a great one. Yeah. space and time. He talks about um, he doesn't all, just have the one set there. He talks about the other middle attacks as well. But uh, can I real quick? So if you could pick two middle, if you could pick two of these issues, just from your mind, not necessarily from the video, what would you what would you say? Uh the first one would be uh, making sure we keep the hitter off the net because the hitter's running to the net. So we would have spacing. Yeah. And the second one, I mean, and these are both hitters. Right. I'm thinking if we're going from a hitter's perspective. Right. And the second one is to jump and swing. Don't wait for the ball. Love it's, it. the, it's the setter's job to put the ball there. Yeah. If the ball's not there, it's the setter's fault. I, I, I honestly think I would have said to basically the same okay yeah so that, that was interesting i was i was trying to kind of guess what you would say there and then those were my two i just see everyone jumping so tight all the time yeah it's tough and, for them to stay off in that well we we, we do that i mean a lot of it is you know a, a coaching issue too i think we teach kids how to you know kessel's always saying hey don't start any kids hitting around the net yes. start them at 10 feet start them at 20 feet um so it's part of it you know i look at it and go hey they're running the net because we've taught them that yeah, absolutely. We yeah. let him do that. Good point. And then the the third one is one of my favorite drills, uh, middle versus middle. 
So oh, it's yeah. back row attack only, or, you know, we say, Hey, you have to have a down ball for the back row. If we don't want it to be, this is um, Ray Bouchard at Kansas. Okay. And yeah. he has, uh, you know, the middles blocking the back row attack and then they're, they're in trance. Okay. Uh, and so, Hey, can you take a back row attack and control it? Uh, and then get into trance with your middle. I love it. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. So all those videos will be unlocked for people to check yep. out. on They'll Blog be on website. the site. And then that takes us to the final piece. And that is the resource. What do you have for us? The resource is not specifically volleyball, but again, an excellent resource. It's called Project Pure Athlete. And it is a group on Instagram that is basically focused on trying to get people to jump higher. And really, it goes into a lot of the technique about jumping, which oh, is wow. I really like it. So some people talk about jumping from like a plyometrics or from a strength standpoint. Right. The reason I like this guy, and it's actually two guys, and I'm not sh I'm not sure of their names, but they're they both work all the time on, on the site. But they're it's all about technique and it's very actionable, right? So you could you could actually apply these things and jump multiple inches higher today wow which is not give me an example you have an example you absolutely what do you so so here's four quick takeaways um most people could be jumping higher with technique work so that's take takeaway right. number one and we don't think about it like that way we think we think athlete jumpers right. are, are leapers they're yep. just natural right and that is partially true i'm probably not going to jump 45 but i could jump 30 you know okay I mean? no i couldn't but someone <laughs> um no a, a simple takeaway is stay upright get their chest to stay parallel or uh, perpendicular i'm sorry with the ground okay so simple but uh, and then another takeaway is lengthen the distance between what would be steps two and then three four of our approach okay so into that drive pop okay and that's why it's called the pop is it's a it's a pop step they right call it, you, do, you want to be on the ground as short time as possible the yeah, biggest exactly. jumpers are on the ground shortest amount of time yeah and, and the way to do that is to lengthen that that stride into, into the, the three four okay that's all right the, so that's why i don't like the step close phrase and right. I, I think it's simple and anyone can step yep right so i understand that and it's a great cue but we're going a little further so but i mean these are just like the real simple ones they go into like breaking down some of the biggest dunkers and the best jumpers and they got some volleyball guys on there it's definitely worth a look if you want to jump higher or want your athletes to so great one worth checking out what another great pod we got the skill of the one the one the one we got the scenario of when you're a brand new coach and we talked about project pure athlete and as always those videos will be unlocked for you to check out on the art of coaching volleyball's website so another fun one davis thank you thank you so much have a good one take care